Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So we had a little fun earlier today on Twitter with some uh, Edmonton Oilers fans. And, of course, I'm a Habs fan, and so I, uh, I I tweeted to the Oilers fans, who's banging your head, our heads more on, on the wall, Habs fans or Oilers fans, after the last few days? We're going to be getting into that, into the uh, unrestricted free agency issue and uh, the trades... Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, P.K. Subban for Shea Weber. We'll get into that uh, a little later on the show with Michael Trikos, who will be joining us from Post Media, national hockey writer. He assessed all the trades and all the goings-on in the NHL over the last week, so that's coming up. Also, I'm going to reread the uh, email that I received from Kathy last Saturday, which just generated so much activity on air last weekend, and then all week long. Email after email after email. People just wanted and felt compelled to respond to that email from Kathy, which deals with the, in a way, with the populist trend that is developing globally. People saying to governments and their political managers, enough. There's all been quite a bit of effort over the last few days to try to discredit the populist movement, but it's, it's going on. And it's been coming for a long time. We talked about it, so I'm going to reread that e- that email, and uh, we'll have a little time to uh, to address it. Also, I have to tell you this: you know, sometimes you get into a an impromptu conversation with somebody you had no idea, no plan. I'm at the supermarket about two weeks ago at the checkout. There's a guy in his, I'm guessing, early 40s. And it's taken a while for the groceries to move along. And he starts talking to me. And so we start talking about, somehow we get on to kids and activities of kids. And he turns to me and he said, you look like a boomer. And I said, yeah, I am a, I'm a boomer. He said, your parents should have been criminally charged. What? My parents specifically or? No, he said, all of them. All boomer parents should have been criminally charged. So I thought, well, this is not going to go anywhere. Then he went on to say that the games we played when we were kids turned us into violent little racists. So, I mean, the conversation ended with my suggesting he not go out without taking his meds. But I'm going to share that uh, with you a little later on and, and, and look for your comments. But this was just... can't say that word, but it was. We're going to start the day with uh, with a Canadian flavor. It is the Canada Day weekend. And uh, a little later on, I'm going to be talking with Lauren Rubenstein, golf author and member of the Canadian and Ontario Golf Halls of Fame, about this incredible 18-year-old from Smith's Falls, Ontario, Brooke Henderson. If you don't follow golf, and you don't follow women's golf, you're going to. Or you're going to. 18 years of age, 
three weeks ago, she won the, won the Women's PGA Championship. And she's leading going into the fourth round, 18, in the Cambria-Portland Classic LPGA Tournament. And she's already the number two ranked golfer, women's golfer in the world. She's 18. That's amazing. Lorne Rubenstein's going to be with us. By the way, Lorne is writing a, a book, a new book on Tiger Woods, writing it with Tiger Woods. And that should be out, uh, I think, next spring. We'll talk to Lorne about that. So it's Canada Day weekend. And an Ipsos Reid poll of uh, For Historia Canada shows 68% of Canadians agreeing that, quote, Canada has something for everyone, so why go anywhere else? Chris Robertson uh, joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I, let me just hook him up here because I, uh, I, I, hey, Chris. Hey, Roy. Happy Canada Day weekend. Thank you. And just hold on to your enthusiasm a little while, okay? Just hang on. Just both hands. Hang on. <laughs> Chris Robertson's the most enthusiastic guy I know about this country, and he did one of the most spectacular things anybody could possibly do, and we could all try it. If you've got two legs, two hands, reasonable vision, and a bicycle, you could do it, or you could try. Chris Robertson uh, departed from Point Pelee in Ontario, which is the southernmost point of Canada, after cashing in his life savings and cycled to the northernmost destination he could, Tuktoyuktuk, and he arrived there in total darkness, cycling over the Arctic Ocean with the wind chill at minus 80, a journey of 6,520 kilometers. And along the way, he met 5 million Canadians, and rallies were held to honor his trek in 51 communities. It's a, it's a big story. Your book is in its eighth printing, from what I understand, Chris. I just had to revisit this with you because I was thinking the other day, I want to do something that's Canadian. And what is more Canadian than what you did and your motivation was? Was it Dominion Square in Montreal in 1995? Uh, that's correct. I was one of those Canadians who went to Montreal for the rally before the 1995 Quebec referendum. A referendum we won by a razor-thin margin of less than 1%. Now, we all remember that. It's, it's hard to believe that uh, in 1995, we came very close to almost losing Canada. Well, it was like and, Brexit. Uh, and I, that's right. And I, I came away from that experience that I wanted to do everything in my power to make sure that my young son inherited a United Canada when he became an adult. And that's why I went from the very bottom of mainland Canada, 6,520 kilometers to the top, to challenge Canadians to answer one question to make Canada a better country. And the question I asked over 35 million Canadians was, what will you do in your life to make Canada a better country than when you found it? What a great question. And well, what believe, a necessary... I the synergy of 35 million Canadians, each taking up a personal project of their choice, will yeah. take Canada to the top of its potential. And... If we have the best Canada possible, no one would ever want to leave. Chris, I don't disagree with you for a second, but you know a lot of people when Canada Day weekend comes around, they grab a two-four, sit in front of the TV. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I I hope everyone has fun on Canada Day weekend, but uh, Canada Day is not supposed to be just Club Med, where you go there and you order your pina colada, your universal health care, your fajitas, and a regional grant. It's, it's supposed to be a day where you really reflect and think, what can I do to make this country yeah. better? I, I actually call it the tombstone test. If you look into the mirror, what have you done in your life to make Canada a better country 
And what would that legacy be on your tombstone? All right, now I want you to listen to me. I have some questions for you. Okay. Don't go on and on and on and on, okay? All right. You know, I love your brother, but you just got to okay. listen to me. <laughs> We've done this more than once. And I had a lot to do with the printing of your book. Absolutely. Because you sat in this very studio where I am now. God, I get around, eh? Um, well, I came back after a lot of years. You sat in this very studio, and I encouraged you, and I encouraged my listeners to pre-order your book, and that's what got you started. Because well, people were so fascinated. If it wasn't for the Roy Green Show, the chronicle of the first journey from the bottom of Canada to the top would never have been told. And uh, today the book is a Canadian uh, bestseller. It's in its, it's an icon. Uh, eighth printing, and uh, there are tens of thousands of copies right across this country. And uh, amazing that here we are coming up on Canada's Sesquicentennial, which is also the 20th anniversary of the To the Top Canada Expedition. And I'm still the only person in history who has ever traveled from the bottom of mainland Canada to the top under their own power or by any means of transportation see, over land. See, folks, I can't stop the guy. <laughs> I can't stop him. He's like a runaway freight train. Uh, hang on, because we're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about that trip that you undertook, because it is so amazing, such an incredible story. And uh, there are some questions I never asked you, and I, and, I, and I want to ask them. I've thought about them for a long time. This is truly, truly amazing. You think about it, one person getting on one bicycle and, and starting from the southernmost point of Canada and, and riding his bicycle all the way to Tuk Tuk. Minus 80 degrees is one of the windshield when he got there. 6,520 kilometers. Chris Robertson is an amazing guy. To the Top Canada is uh, where you'll find on, on, on the web and the book and, and all of it. We're going to come back and we'll talk to Chris about some of the things that he encountered on that incredible journey. And then I want to ask him, because what also gave me the idea was this Ipsos poll that says 68% of Canadians say traveling Canada is what we should do and we don't need to go anywhere else. I want Chris to tell us, when we come back, what parts of Canada, where in Canada, we should put on our bucket list to visit before, you know. We will come back on The Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. He's like a superhero without the costume. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Go to Twitter, at the top Chris is where you uh, find Chris Robertson, at the top Chris. And uh, we're talking to Chris Robertson about his incredible, and we'll, we have an ice road trucker who wants to uh, to talk to you in a second, Chris. Uh, just called in. Um, but, but this is just one of those unbelievable, unless you knew that it happened, experiences. So give me some short answers here. When, How did you decide that you were going to ride your ride a bicycle from the southernmost to the northernmost part of Canada. How did you decide? What made you choose the route? Well, actually, I, I popped over to McMaster University, and I said, where do I have to go to really be at the top of Canada? And I was speaking with the geography department professor, and he said, well, you want to go to Tuktoyaktuk. Now, at the time, I lived in Hamilton, Ontario, and I looked up, and I said, I don't see it. <laughs> and then he showed me on a giant map of Canada, it's over here. So uh, to get to the top, I had to basically go from Ontario as far west as British Columbia and then head straight north through the Yukon, through the Northwest Territories to get to uh, Tuktoyaktuk. Did you use the same bicycle for the whole trip? 
I did use the same bicycle for the whole trip. Uh, I did have to take uh, uh, two stops and kind of rebuild it because the trip was so uh, uh, tough on the bicycle. Yeah. Now, when you started, you weren't in any sort of physical shape. You, you hadn't trained for this, right? No, I, w- I wasn't really uh, even a cyclist. At first I thought about walking, but that would take two and a half years, and my wife wouldn't let me leave home that long. And uh, so I figured <laughs> if I cycled, I could make the trip in under one year. And it actually took me 10 months because I left Point Pelee on March 1st, 1997, and finished the expedition in Tuktoyaktuk on January 8th of 1997. 6,520 kilometers. Man, oh man. When you rode up the first really steep hill into the wind, did you think you'd continue? Uh, Well, there were tough times, uh, but I just thought if I quit, I'd be quitting on Canada, and there was no way I was going to quit on Canada. But I can tell you, coming across the prairies with that strong prairie wind, uh, there were some pretty tough days. Yeah. Encounters. Tell Tell us about the most memorable bear encounter. Well, there was kind of a funny encounter um, when I was, uh, there was a bear just sitting in the middle of the highway on the Alaska Highway, and uh, I wasn't going to ride my bike right up to the bear, Uh, but then um, uh, this uh, little Honda car pulled up from the province of Quebec based on the license plates, and I said to them, can you kind of uh, run some interference when you go around the bear, and I'll stay behind your vehicle, and they said, sure, we'll do that for you. So we go cycling towards the bear, and uh, I'm actually beside it, and the, the car's going to pass on one way. Now, at one point, the car slowed down, and I was going faster than the car was, and I said, speed up. <laughs> I understand and, that. <laughs> and so it was kind of like a football play, and the uh, car was the pulling guard. And so the, the car went between the bear, and I zoomed by the bear, and uh, he was watching it and quite entertained. Chris, what was the most memorable stop? Fifty-one communities welcomed you on this on this odyssey on your bicycle as word spread. Not, not, not the most memorable stop. What was, it, what was it like to have Canadians really catch on and latch on to what you were doing? Well, there was incredible Canadian spirit, people coming out, fire departments uh, with their ladders up and flags flying and spraying water. And uh, I got a great reception right across Canada. But I, the one that sticks out in my mind is my final destination of Tuktoyaktuk, where the entire... A community of the hamlet of Tuktoyaktuk turned out all 600 people at the time uh, were all packed into the uh, school gymnasium and the uh, aboriginal dancers of the Inuvialant, which are the Eskimos of the Western Arctic, were uh, dancing in my honor. And uh, it was a wonderful journey uh, because uh, they were excited that I was coming. There were even some Inuvialant hunters who came out in their snowmobiles pulling their toboggans, uh, uh, you know, on How the cool Arctic Ocean that, eh? to kind of be a bit of a uh, armada coming into Tuktoyaktuk with me. How cool is that? Uh, Kelly is on the on the line from Edmonton, ice road trucker. Well, I don't know about that, Kelly. When the ice cracks, do you guys not get, do people not get scared to death? Well, first of all, I'd like to say to Chris, man, you're a true warrior, my friend. I mean, it takes it takes a hell of a man to ride a bicycle up the Dempster Highway and uh, to tuck. It's a true achievement. You should be very proud of yourself. Um, When it comes to the ice cracking, Roy, I mean, if you hear the ice cracking, that just means you got good ice and it's nuclear cold. That's just the way it is. 
Well, I've watched the TV series, and I have so much admiration for, for you guys. I just think it's amazing what you do, guys and gals. But it is, it is amazing. Kelly, you know what it's like to be up there in the, in the, in the frozen north when it's, when it's at its coldest. And here's Chris Robertson at the end of a 6,500-kilometer ride in minus 80-degree wind chill in the middle of darkness riding into Tuktoyaktuk because he wants Canadians to be proud of this country. And he's asking the question, what are you going to do to make Canada better than it was when you found it, when you arrived? It's amazing. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, just to begin with, yeah, I did, uh, I'm from season one and season two of I Show Truckers, and uh, I did another show over in France for TV5 called The Route to Glass. But uh, like I say, Roy, all summer long I see people walking up and down the Dempster Highway. In the wintertime, you see a trail of Europeans pulling these sleighs on wheels, and they're going all the way to Tuktoyaktuk. You know, they've mainly flown into Whitehorse and then continued their journey north from there. But, you know, to make Canada a greater place, I mean, I'd like to see more people do stuff like this. Uh, it, it brings awareness to, to things. You know, people do it in the name of certain um, uh, foundries and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I always, I, I kind of always dismay people from trying to do it. It's it's a real hazard. And like I say, I doff my chapeau to anybody that, that has the, has the uh, right. guards to do stuff like that. Kelly, thank you so much for the call. Chris? Um, on the bucket list, where do you, where do we have to go? Where's give me one place in Canada where we all should really put on our bucket list, and that's not excluding anybody else, but let's just choose one. Well, I'm going to choose one, and I'm going to say that all Canadians in their life should try to get up to the Canadian Arctic, not just once but twice. This is a great time to be in the Canadian Arctic right now because they're getting 24 hours of daylight. Right. And Inuvik, which is the hub of the Western Arctic, actually has a baseball tournament where they play nonstop baseball that never stops because the sun never goes down. <laughs> and that's totally awesome to that's see. That's fantastic. And, it, and on the other side of the coin, if you get there in uh, uh, December, uh, then you're going to get 24 hours of darkness, which okay. is kind of surreal to go through an entire you know, 48-hour period of your life and not see the sun. If, that's, Buddy, if you've never experienced that, that's incredible. Got to stop you. Thank you so much for joining us today. To the top, Chris, on Twitter. And, and if you're looking for a speaker, get Chris Robertson to talk about this country wherever you are. It's fantastic stuff. Well done, Chris. I just wanted to remind people of what you've done. i got to run. Good talking to you, my friend. Hey, have a great day, Roy. It was great talking with you. Chris Robertson, To the Top Canada. It's an amazing story. When we come back, another amazing story about an 18-year-old who's conquering the world of golf. One of ours. Stay with us.